Back to Eichel now. It comes over to Ristolainen. Got it to Rodriguez. Joined by Joe, as always. This is episode 24 of this third season of the Charging Buffalo podcast. Joe, how are you doing? Doing well. The Sabres game that I went to the other day, very fun for mm-hmm. once. So, yeah, it was a nice change. The good Sabres. Game, lots of goals. Yeah. Fun one. The Buffalo Sabres actually looked very good against Minnesota Wild. Another high-scoring nine-goal game. Gave up four. Which you don't want to see, of course. The team still cannot hold a two-goal lead to save their life. Mm-hmm. But it's not how, it's how many, as you would say. And the Sabres wound up overcoming numerous obstacles, especially late from the officials who were not very kind to the Sabres, especially come overtime when they missed a blatant interference. The, and The officiating in that game was absolutely horrendous. Now, I was at the game, so I didn't really get a chance to see a replay on the Thompson penalty with five minutes left, but mm-hmm. it didn't look like a penalty to me. I don't know, but I still haven't seen the replay on it, but I didn't like that. And the refs missed so many calls, especially in the third period. You know what's funny? The Thompson hook, I thought it was a very good call. I, really? I, I was watching, I was like, before they called, I was like, Thompson, what are you doing? What are you, what, my, my, my mind is going crazy. Like, Get your stick away from him. And then they called it, and I'm thinking, are you serious, Tage? Uh, and he's going to sit tonight against the Hurricanes. Is he really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So the biggest Probably. game, the biggest game of the year thus far, he's, he could sit. So, mm-hmm. but it was a, it was a fun game indeed. Minus the, the girl sitting two rows behind oh, yeah. me, absolutely shrieking the whole entire game. Mm. I'm not even going to try and imitate it because I don't I don't want your eardrums to pop on you. But yeah, don't be that guy, people. Don't be that guy screaming at the top of your lungs whenever there's a chance. Think about the people around you, all right? Let's okay. And that song you heard at the top of the show, Joe, you heard it before the Yes. It was third period the, again. they played it before the third period. I'm yes. like, you know what? This would be good for some intro music. And you know what? It it, it fits quite well cuz the Sabres did certainly overcome quite a bit in that in that overtime period at least but they got the job done and uh a chance at a big two game winning streak tonight versus the Carolina Hurricanes. When was the last time they won two in a row? I have no idea. I'm on this. You're on this. Probably the 10 game winning streak. Well, we show. have the Carolina Hurricanes who are currently tied with the Buffalo Sabres. The Sabres own the tiebreaker. We are ninth in the Eastern Conference. The Hurricanes Sit. We're tied with them. We're tied, right yeah. This is a big game. This, this is, is a really big game. I feel like, do does Buffalo have a game in hand on Carolina? Let's see. There is no adjective. Yes, they have a game in hand on Carolina, so this is a huge game. If With a win, they'll be a point back of the Blue Jackets. There is no adjective large enough to describe how big this game is. Um, it is quite important, I guess you could say. Could go a long way. Still checking to see when the last time yeah. they won two consecutive games. And the gap is really closing, too, just in general in the East, because you got even Philly, I believe, is only four points behind us now. And I think, who would be the next team? It might be the Rangers who... Okay, I have an answer here. Off. The last time they won two consecutive games was against the Kings when they won it in overtime, and when they beat the Coyotes right after that. That was about a week after the winning streak ended, so... Hmm. It's been a little bit since mm. we've had a proper 
string of wins, if you wouldn't even count two wins in a row as that. But yeah, you got Carol. You're tied with Carolina. The Flyers are in, creeping up on you. So are the Rangers. And then if the Panthers ever catch up, I mean, I'm sorry, but you don't deserve to be in the playoff race. Panthers are currently 11 points out of the playoffs. That's a lot. Remember when fun. Buffalo was like nine points up on the Habs, and now the Sabers are currently eight points back on them. Mm-hmm. So, how the tables have turned. We have swapped spots. Mm-hmm. And you know what's crazy? Mm-hmm. If they were in, they would be. They would occupy the number one wild card spot in the West, Buffalo. Minnesota's got fifty seven points. The West is just so bad. It's so close. Like every team is in it except for. Even the Blackhawks have gotten themselves back in the race. The Ducks. The Kings are not out either. They're six points spin. out. Yeah, I mean it's possible. So, the West is just free game. But are the Kings really going to make the playoffs? No. No. Are the Blackhawks going to? No. The Ducks are just... That's a whole podcast in itself right there. Just think of this. The Blackhawks are eight wins away from from finishing at 500, and they're only... The Blues are going to make the playoffs. Do we really think Vancouver is going to make it? There's... Like, a legit chance that a team with probably, like, 35 wins can make the playoffs. Yeah. I don't know. The West is just really bad. And remember five years ago how great the West was. Everyone was like, oh, the West is just the superior conference back when it was all about grit and jam and the Kings Mm -hmm. were winning cups. But, again, times have changed. The Canucks have 28 games left. They can absolutely go 11 and 17 and get into the playoffs with under 40 wins, mm-hmm. which is that's some 1990 stuff right there. Back when you'd see teams with like 74 points yeah. get in for some reason. And Minnesota doesn't have Miku Koibu anymore. Back yeah, uh, Tage Thompson and Tage Thompson, yeah. and then that's that rest. That's the end of his season. What an eventful game for Thompson, man. He was in on a lot, mm-hmm. a lot of important plays. Uh, okay, so what do we want to begin with here? Well, uh, some big news within the Atlantic Division out of Toronto as Austin Matthews has re-signed with the Maple Leafs. Five years. Five years, 11.6. Yes. So, I mean, say what you want about who's better, Eichel or Matthews, but come on. Eichel got an eight-year deal at less than what Matthews got. What if Matthews signed an eight-year deal? What are you talking, $13 million? Buying a couple more years of unrestricted free agency. This was very smart business by Austin Matthews. Yeah. Because now he can do this. He's going to get paid on that yeah. next deal. Probably. Like How old is he going to be million. when it expires? 26. 26. 26. So he's going to be 26 years old in the prime of his career. This thing, he's not even like really in. Yeah, he's these, not these five years yet. are going to be the best prime years of his career. Most so likely. he's going to get there and he's going to get another more lucrative contract he's not locked in he's not going to leave toronto no i don't think they'll let that happen unless they absolutely screw themselves over cap wise even more than they already have but but of course there's crazy people already saying that kyle dubas should be gm of the year which is for re-signing austin matthews yeah and giving nylander a truck full of money to do nothing and signing Tavares when okay wow he fell into your lap good job yeah that Tavares contract is going to be really bad in mm-hmm. a few years. Really mm-hmm. bad. They're going to have three, possibly $11 million players on their team. That's and the Marner, as they say, yeah, the, Mar- the Marner Marner's saying, Marner's saying, I'm not taking a penny less than Matthews. So, offer sheet. Let's go. Good for him. Good for him. Does Marner really deserve Matthews' money, though? Come on. Absolutely not. He, he he's not as good as Austin Matthews. Let's face the facts here, okay? If if Austin Matthews was on that team and it was Mitch Marner and John Tavares, they would not be anywhere near a playoff spot. <laughs> I don't think. I don't know. Marner does yeah, not deserve. I'm really, that much I'm really money. hoping for an offer sheet. Screw and even Kapanen. Like they have fourteen million dollars to resign all of their RFAs, and Marner is going to take up like eighty percent of that. Kapanen's going to be asking for probably like $4 million. Got to sign Janssen as well. Apparently, though, only 
7% of this contract goes against the cap, it seems like, for the Leafs, because 93% is bonuses? Is that no, true? No, no. How does it's, that work? Uh, it How all goes work? against the cap, but... I don't understand how that works. Most though. of it is structured and signing bonuses. So he has like, I I don't know the exact number, but so if he's not being paid all of it potentially, then how does it go against the cap? I don't. It's it's confusing, but yeah, it's weird. Like he'll get some salary. It's not a lot, but then on July first, he'll get like a nine million dollar bonus. Okay. Pretty much. Does it all the owner pay that? The cap, though. Yes. So that's the commitment an owner has to make then. Mm-hmm. I don't. Yeah, ever since the O'Reilly contract, most of these bigger name players are getting contracts like that where most of the contract is structured in bonuses. Hmm. And obviously, this is why I've been telling people who ask me why. That's obviously meant to keep them motivated, correct, and to keep trying. It, but they're also buyout proof. You can't mm-hmm. buy out a contract basically if it's all signing bonuses. Hmm. Mm-hmm. Who does that help then? Does that help? I. It helps the player because you're stuck yeah. there. You can't be bought out. Hmm. So interesting. So Toronto, they're going to be an interesting team to watch. I. They've really. They put the cart before the horse. Mm-hmm. They prided themselves on this. Oh, we're going to rebuild faster than anyone has ever seen. And now they barely have a prospect system. Mm-hmm. Barely. They don't have enough cap room to sign guys to second contracts even so i don't know this is gonna be fun to watch from a buffalo perspective because their cat their cup window it's gonna be nice and short now because it'll probably be five years and then they're gonna have to gut this team but hey chicago won three cups in six years it seems like leafs fans are thinking that connor brown has to be traded and probably they, they have to trade the Nikita Zaitsev has to go. Oh, yeah. That Zaitsev contract, mm-hmm. horrible. Why did you have to sign Patrick Marlowe, especially to $6 million? Uh, again, John Tavares is you have to sign really him? needed. They're probably going to have to trade Kadri. Mm-hmm. They're going to have to trade a lot of guys just to keep this team Zach together. Hyman's on a pretty good contract. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, because Zaitsev's at like $4.5 million. Uh, they have Morgan Riley on a really good deal. I think he's making $5 million. Cadre's making four and a half. Those are deals you probably want to keep. But who's taking Patrick Marlowe? Unless you're like, hey, take this guy and we'll give you Marlowe. No one's going to do that. He has one more year left, though. Mm-hmm. And you can't buy him out because he's above 35. Mm-hmm. You can't buy out players over 35, so it's going to be tough. They're going to lose Jake Gardner. I know most Lee fans are probably happy with that, but <laughs> it's going to be tough. Yeah. It's going to be really tough for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Uh, how about we touch on th- this Hurricanes game tonight? Yeah. So, came out yesterday that the Hurricanes might use Michael Furland as an own rental, a term that I don't understand. An own rental. It's like teams are making an excuse not to do anything just by saying, oh, we'll use him as our own rental. That doesn't make any sense. That makes no sense. I don't, I don't like that. Like, oh yeah. We're not going to do anything at the deadline. We're just going to say, oh, the Sabres, like, this can be a justification that the Sabres can use. Oh, we didn't trade Jeff Skinner. He's going to be our own rental. Or we signed Jeff Skinner. That's going to be the justification for doing nothing. Hmm. That seems like an excuse for... It is an excuse. Uh, yeah, that's just, that's a cop-out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And now another cop-out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was listening to, it might have been Hockey Central, but... If you lose a player for nothing, you don't lose them for nothing. You get cap room. Oh, come on. Are, <laughs> yeah, because you're losing a player. Yeah. Hello. <laughs> what does that mean? You got to replace the guy now with that money. Yeah, but you get, it's like now. But who said guys, that? It might have been Elliot Friedman. Like, are Elliot. You it wasn't that old uh, dude who used to be GM of the Blue Jackets. No. Oh, man, that's totally something he would you say. cap room. Yeah, I think wow. it was either Merrick or Friedman. I think it was thirty-one thoughts, but that is ridiculous. <laughs> That's one of the cheesiest hockey things. Ever. That sounds straight from the GM's room. You know what? Oh, we're not going to lose him for nothing. We're getting some cap room. Like, okay, 
that's Matt Molson, not <laughs> Artemi Panarin. I know. Come on. Yeah. Oh, the Blue Jackets are going to get valuable cap room to sign Michael Furland this offseason. Are on. you kidding me? No. Yeah, Furland's going to be their own rental. They're going to... Because they're probably like, oh, yeah, no one's going to give us a first-round pick because who would pay a first-round pick for Michael Furland? I'm trying to wrap my head around this cap room thing. I'm trying to think of more examples of... I mean, it sounds more absurd than... It's, it already sounds absurd enough that you don't have to, you don't have to justify it, but... Wow. Yeah. People think this way. And it's not like Joe Schmo on the street. No, it's Sportsnet saying yeah. this. I mean, uh, I guess you you can always get better than Michael Furland, but still, that's just that's a bonkers thing to say. Wow. I'm trying to find these lines from Elliot. practice yesterday. Elliot, Elliot, Elliot. Sabres did practice yesterday, right? Yeah, for the kids, they had the kids practice okay, thing. Okay, yeah, I'm trying to find the these lines. STEM. They hosted the the engineering folk kids. All those guys, but... Okay, yeah, here are the lines. It's Skinner and Eichel back together with Pominville. Uh, I okay. feel like that line, the played, Drew line played well towards the end of the game. It didn't take too long for Housley to shake up the new lines that we were excited about. Uh, then you got Connor Sherry, Casey Middlestat, Sam Reinhart. Reinhart played well on the Rodriguez line and the Middlestat line. It's almost like he plays well, not with Jack Eichel, mm. contrary to popular belief, but... Mm. Yeah, you know, it's not like you've been hearing that on this podcast. For Sherry a while. and Middlestat have had the best line of late. Yeah, whoever they're with, they're their goal. Middlestat's playing well. Middlestat points are coming like every other every three games or so. I don't know if any of the listeners noticed this, but I, it might have been the third. Yeah, it must have been the third period, I believe, because we're shooting on that end. But Middlestat had just a beautiful move where he dangled, not dangled, but he just danced past like three defenders. I missed that. And did a little toe drag, too. I don't know if he got a shot away, but it was a really nice move, and he's dominated these guys. Mm. Wish I could find the shift. Third line, C.J. Smith, who scored. Connor Jeffrey Smith, uh, Evan Rodriguez, and Kyle Oposo. Oposo, he just could not keep up with Eichel. That mm-hmm. was horrendous. Horrendous effort by him in that game. It was just awful. Like, mm, six million dollars for four more years. Good luck. Ugh. Uh, and then the fourth line, the useless Vladimir Sabotka, Johan Larson, Zemgis Gergensen's Tage Thompson is the extra forward. So, And then I would assume D pairs are the same. Cap, uh, Captain Morgan there who replied. I want to see that. See, good point. Thompson took a bad, stupid, absolutely, penalty late, uh, last night. This was tweeted uh, yesterday. And Minnesota tied the game late on the power play. Indeed, indeed. Tage but it was a foolish mistake. He, um, but you know what? Speaking of power play, comes down to discipline. two power play goals. Mm-hmm. Two power play goals. Yeah. And what's different? Ristolainen's not on the first power play, and Middlestad is. Hold on. And things looked a lot better. I would like to talk about Rasmus Dahlin's performance in this game because he was brilliant, masterful, as a masterful Basically, performance as always. Had a goal, his sixth as a rookie, eighteen-year-old defenseman, and. Could very well have had two, but Devin Dubnik just made a sensational shoulder arm save where Deline had a clean shot in, in the slot. His and then, goal was fantastic. Yes, yes. Great shot. Had a wicked shot on what would have been his second goal, but Dubnik was it was all it was all Devin Dubnik mm-hmm. stopping that one. But what a game for Rasmus Deline. And I can't believe people think that he's not having a good season. Who is saying this? Dallas Stars I have one, Dallas Stars fans who think Miro Heskinen is better. I have followers on my page who, you know, I've, I've gotten some in my mentions. That, really? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I'll show I'm you them. I'm assuming they're not watching him. I'll show you them off the or air. Or the wackos that wanted the Sabres draft Brady Kachuk instead. I'm not here. There to, are people. There are a couple. I've seen a couple. I'm not here to call anybody out on the show, but I'll, I'll show you later. All right. All right. Yeah. Uh, so what do you think about Skinner back with Eichel again? harm no foul i think uh i the line i think i'm happy that they at least moved one of those pieces 
Reinhardt. Reinhardt. And he's playing well. Down I'm, not, to I'm just going to keep beating this dead horse. Sam Reinhardt is a really good player. And, and I'm happy Pominville is, is with those guys because Pominville can be effective when he's with good players, as we've seen. He's a very smart player, though he still takes random slap shots when he's coming into the zone, which is the most predictable thing. But I think he is probably the other best option in terms of who to put on the... Maybe he can raise that trade value, too. Indeed. Maybe that's what they're looking at, perhaps. They still haven't asked him for his 10-team no-trade list, though. So I wonder... I don't think think they're going to trade him. I really don't. I don't think there's a market. Well, there might be a market now since Brian Boyle fetched a second-round pick for the Devils. Right, but if GMs are watching, you got to think, like, what can Jason Pominville really do for my hockey team? Again, he could be a playoff leader. You know, the Bruins stockpiled for, uh, veterans last year. Brian Gianta and Rick Nash, mm-hmm. they all they signed all those guys. Yeah, they might think, who's, who's a team who's got a star player that they just need another winger? Hey, he plays well with Eichel. Let's put him with Patrice Bergeron. Or... I don't see him going to the Penguins or Capitals. Maybe the Islanders. I don't know. I could definitely see him going to the Islanders. Yeah, would, yeah. Uh, would they be on his no trade list? Montreal. Go maybe. Home. Yeah, go home. Hmm, this is intriguing. Winnipeg, mm. perhaps they could. But I mean, they're getting some good production out of their young forwards though. Yeah. Roslovic, Tanev is good. Brendan Lemieux has picked it up as well. Former friend Brendan Lemieux. This has almost been a as as much a Jets podcast as it has been a Sabres podcast lately. I'm rooting for the Jets. I want <laughs> absolutely, to absolutely. What's going on with Line? I've heard that he is really, really struggling. The last game of theirs that I watched was the Anaheim game, I believe. Unless they had a game after that that I'm just not remembering. The nine to three shellacking. I don't know. A lot of their stars haven't really been scoring. It's mostly been their secondary guys. Ross, Must be nice. If it wasn't for Roslovic not going on a rampage, then they wouldn't be scoring as much, I don't think. But it's mostly, every time we get an alert, it's usually like Kyle Connor. He's been scoring. Haven't seen a lot of Shifley. Not a lot of Wheeler. Wheeler's getting, he's racking up assists, of course. But, and their defense scores goals, too. Josh Morrissey scores quite a bit. But, I really like Josh Morrison. Yeah, yeah. But what was the question? I'm sorry, I lost Line my thought. Line, Line I, I don't. I'm not sure. Because um, I think it was Nick Kiprios yeah. or somebody from Sportsnet said he doesn't see Line A signing long term in Winnipeg or even staying long term in Winnipeg. Hmm. I didn't hear that. Sportsnet guys are saying some questionable things as mm. of late. I guess. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, there's no way they're going to... Did gonna... he give a reason? No, I I just saw a tweet. Hold on, I'll try and find it. I don't know. I could try and think of... He does... Line A doesn't feel like the star of the team. Really? Yeah, you watch, and he's not always the guy that grabs your eye. He's, he's one of the guys there. Like, he doesn't strike me as their star player. I can't... I couldn't really tell you who the Jets' best player is. I... I because I don't think they all have some kind of like great quality of their game where they're like one of the best at. Shifley is a really good center. Blake Wheeler is a really good playmaker and great power forward. Um, Kyle Connor is super fast and very good playmaker. Patrick Line has an incredible shot. You can't really decipher who their their best player is. It's kind of mind blowing that this could be the Atlanta Thrashers. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. Well, Atlanta I don't know because they be a good team. They wouldn't have had Chevy and. I feel like he would be their GM still. Was he? I think he was Thrasher's GM. I thought it was. And then they moved. No, I thought it was Rick Dudley or whatever. I'd have to check. Uh, I don't think it was Chevy. Hold on. I'm gonna look this up. We're both. There's a video of Kiprio saying that Line is not gonna be there long term. Okay. Nick Kiprio says he sees a short term deal for Patrick Line and doesn't think Line will stay in Winnipeg. Interesting. Very interesting. Well, indeed, crazier things have happened, we could say, in recent years. I mean, when John Tavares leaves, that's pretty telling as well. So anything can happen, I guess, in the National Hockey League. Hmm. But let me see. I'm closing in National Hockey League, Toronto Blackhawks. 
Yeah, on June 8th, 2011, Shevel Dayov was unveiled as the new general manager of the Winnipeg Jets, replacing Rick Dudley. So he has been there. That's the thing with, like, ownership changing a lot, is that uh, even if you have if you have different owners, the team's direction is going to change quite a bit. Like, that's why it's, it's hard to say that a relocated team could... I mean, maybe if it was, like, you could say the Quebec Nordique would be Stanley Cup champions, because nothing changed. They're the same exact team. Took one year, and they were good the year they left. But, like, the Jets took years to build and actually had a new GM. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to go on a, on a tangent. Uh, we got to talk about Ottawa. Absolutely. This, I, I chuckled when I saw this when I got out of work yesterday. Senators owner <clears throat> Eugene Melnick says he plans to spend close to the salary cap between 2021 and 2025. Uh, let me just check my watch here. That is a... It's 2019, in, so... Okay, in hockey years, that is a very long time. 21 to 25. You can't just say that. It's not like they're building a stadium or something. And... That's a very okay, long time. yeah. He's going to build... He's going to spend the cap between 21 to 25 after his club finishes its rebuild. So they're not going to sign Matt Duchesne and Mark Stone, I'm going to guess. How do you right finish here. a rebuild without going to the cap? I'm You have to go to the floor, but they're not going to spend to the cap limit. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. They They're definitely trading Stone and Duchesne. Hundred percent. That's ma- that's what makes sense. That he's admitting here they're still in a rebuild. And does Matt Duchesne want to stick around in a rebuild for two more years? I really want Mark Stone. They're I not going to trade us Mark Stone I, though. I, I, know. I think sign Mark Stone. We could Stone's sign. He's going to ask for like ten million. Though. Oh my God! For real? Hell yeah. Stone's going to get more in Duchesne. Stone's a really good player. I would take he him. He is. I would take he him. Is. For $10 million, I think maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Can't, the thing is, though, when the Sabres are going big game hunting like this, can they really get a guy for more than Eichel? Pay more than Eichel? No. Because, like, I feel like until Darlene's contract, Eichel should be the highest paid player on the team. Unless you're giving Stone, like, two years... That's eight, not gonna eight happen. million per. That's not gonna happen. I know. But He's gonna take a seven, six, yeah. seven year deal. Yeah. And as we talked about two days ago, Artemi Panarin, mm-hmm. if he's available, go get him. But him, you throw money at. Yes. Yes. Him, you you take a full court charge at. Mm-hmm. Full court press. That is. Ottawa's still in last place. No. I would assume so, because being that the Kings are six points out of a playoff spot, I. I find it's, it hard to believe. Oh game. man, they they got they got a lead. <laughs> the Devils are in second last, and they got a game in hand, and they have they're at forty seven points. Ottawa's at forty three, so it's not looking too good for the Ottawa Senators. Imagine being a Avalanche fan right now. They're gonna yeah. have two lottery picks. Mm-hmm. They're gonna have two lottery picks for Matt Duchesne, who's not going to resign. Mm-hmm. What are the Senators possibly gonna get for Duchesne to make up for this? <sighs> You're gonna get a late first round pick prospect and a player maybe who probably has about two years left and is going to walk or be yeah. traded at next year's deadline or at this deadline yeah. and if you're Ottawa that's what you got to do you got to just <laughs> you got to <laughs> say hey we, we we're going to take an L on this one and we're just going to trade him why did they bother trading for Duchesne well they went to the, the Eastern Conference final and they're like hey we need a number but one they center were doing... and then they Fell off a cliff. They right were they already bad when they traded for him. Mm-hmm. They got even worse. Yeah. What a horrible trade. They're gonna. That's a top four pick. Like, are you mean to tell me they're gonna just hit, hit a hot streak here and they're gonna? That's a top ten, like guaranteed top ten pick. Even if they go on a hot streak. Yeah. Like, that's Dylan Cousins. That's. Uh. Kirby Doc, Capo Caco, Jack Hughes, mm-hmm. Vasily Podkolzin. One of those five players are going to be in Colorado next this year. This is going to go down as one of the biggest gaffes in NHL history. Oh, yeah. When it's all said and done. When the what did they have? All they got in the trade was Duchesne, right? Hold on. I'll bring, I'll bring uh, it up. Yeah. 
that's the only really notable piece. I'm trying to think of any. I don't prospects. think Ottawa got anything else besides Duchesne in the trade. I'm thinking. Oh man, you know what? I'm I'm getting the pieces of the Carlson trade mixed up with this too. But yeah, they did not get much. I'm not sure what else they gave up. It was a three-team trade, so it gets a little confusing. Okay, I'll get a quick refresher. Yes, all that Ottawa yielded from this trade was Matt Duchesne. Nashville got Kyle Turris. Colorado got Andrew Hammond, Shane Bowers, a first-round pick, and Ottawa's third-round pick this year as well. And they also got Vladislav Kamenev, Samuel Girard, and a second-round draft pick. So the Avalanche made out like gangbusters there. Gangbusters, oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah, because they they also technically got Kyle Turris and then traded him to Nashville. Mm-hmm. And that's how they got Gerard Kamenev in a second. That's a haul. For Matthew Shane? The Avalanche, when they're winning cups in a few years, once all their guys are ready, we're going to look back at this is going to be one of the worst that, trades. This is going to go time. down as one of the worst trades. They're going to especially make, if they get Jack Hughes. They're going to make McKinnon and Jack Hughes down mm-hmm. the middle. Wow. They're going to make 30 for 30s about this. Yes, there's going to be a 30 for 30 about this yep. trade. Unbelievable. At least Brady Kachuk's doing well for them. I mean, True. Imagine, that, though. A lot of people, including myself, bagged on him for that, but hey, it's looking like it's working out so far. Imagine the Avalanche having two top 10 picks in what is going to be an amazing draft this year. Mm-hmm. Contrary mm-hmm. to popular belief, a lot of people are just like, oh, they take forever to develop anyways. We don't need these picks. And what if they trade the latter of those two picks? Yeah, what you if you get the first overall mm-hmm. pick in this trade, you can trade that 10th pick or whatever you have, and then you can get a defenseman. Get a player, get more picks, move back. Get a bundle of picks, I don't know. Get t- teams next year first. Joe Sackick is looking like a genius. I know, I know. But it's other teams incompetencies that have kind of brought his strengths to the forefront, I guess you could say. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, How is Vladislav Komnev? Is he going to be anything? He was, I think he was a second-round pick in that Week 2014 draft, so... I mean, oh, and guess who scored yesterday for the Senators? Magnus Pajarvi. Really? Mm-hmm. Oil change legend. Mm-hmm. His sixth of the year. Mm-hmm. They claimed him off waivers from St. Louis. They trade, He got traded for Perron. Yeah. Back in the day. So, wow. I know. He's well, still I goals. wish. Beyond blue and gold, I wish they would have, like, glorified it to a legitimate series mm-hmm. like Oil Change. I think that would have been fantastic. You get to see, like, Tim Murray in the war room. You know, like, hey, we got we to gotta lose this game. I think this guy is really he's, disciplined, and that's what we need. We got, he's got good hockey sense. We got we to gotta take this guy. Reinhardt's number one on our list. Yeah. Obviously, Sammy Reinhardt's number one on our list. <laughs> a little, like, cut in the intro. And then, like, before it goes into, like, you know, beyond blue gold, the title card, it goes, like, it's Timmery going, the Buffalo Sabres select <clears throat> title card. Cuts it off. We need more beyond blue and gold. We should make our own series like that, where we splice together clips or something. Or no, you know what? What if we just reenact it all? Reenact it all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, what else is there to talk about? Well, I mean, we we're just doing this as a little bonus because we're making we didn't up time. Do, yeah, we didn't do one last week because mm-hmm. of the polar vortex. But not. Oh, we, we can talk about the Nashville trades. That's true. Yes, because I actually do have a theory about the Cody McLeod one. They're adding a little bit of grit and jam. Exactly, and you know who they're gonna bump into in the playoffs? Ryan Reeves, Dustin Bufflin. Some big boys out west. Brent Burns going to be run into, possibly. Yeah, that's what happens mm-hmm. when your team is all about speed and skill and then yep. you end up losing a couple years in a row. You're like, oh, we have an identity crisis. Mm-hmm. We need Brian Boyle and Cody McLeod again. And so. when you've been spoiled with such success, you you can you, – and when you're David Poyle, you have the right to just – Start throwing assets around. Be okay. Seventh round pick. Take first it. round pick for Ryan first round Hartman. Pick, is on take their it. Fourth whatever. Line, right. Yeah. But yeah, they they got tougher. Boyle and McLeod are some big boys. They're tough boys, and they're going to. I mean, Boyle has boy in his name. I, they're gonna they're gonna bring it. And there are there are people. Now listen. Brian Boyle is obviously 
a courageous SOB, right? Oh, he, yeah. He's overcome so much. He deserved the Masterton and everything. But I spied a suburban hockey dad yesterday in the mentions of that trade. Of No, the Devils tweeted a picture of Boyle's empty locker and said, don't, don't cry because it's over, smile because it happened. And a dude commented saying, how could you trade Brian Boyle? He's more than a player. He's an inspiration. And all you think he's worth is a second-round pick? Oh, Listen, my God. In the business of hockey, yes, you traded a fourth-line player for a second-round asset. That's a huge win for a team like the Devils, okay? You can still admire the player, but also acknowledge hey, this was a really good hockey deal, and you aren't a terrible person for doing that. The day of the trade, the day, the morning of the trade, Brayton and I were sitting in the control room and were literally saying Brian Boyle might get a fourth-round pick. Mm-hmm. Like, the fact that they got a second-round pick. Teams always overpay, and it shouldn't be absurd for And this to... set the market. This yeah. set the market. What's it going to take for the sa- Like, all the dreamers out there think the Sabres are going to get a second-line center this trade deadline. That's going to cost what? A lot. A I'm lot. sorry, but did the Devils give Boyle his health problems? No. Were they entitled to keep him or you know, were they required to keep him? No. Nope. No. It's 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 tragic what he went through and it's awesome that he was able to beat it. Let him go chase a cup. For the love of God, yeah, don't you want the guy to win has maybe? He, has he won a cup? I don't think so. He's been with, he's no, been to a maybe cup. with the Kings. He's been was to a he, cup, though. Was he on the Kings when they won? I think he was against the Kings. Ooh. With He was in the cup with the Rangers and the mm-hmm. Lightning, I believe. Yeah. Two years in a row, right? Yes. I think he was. And he got, the Toronto, you have a second-round pick for him a few years ago, too. Their first playoff run. Oh, my God. I forgot yeah. about that. Mm-hmm. That's right. Wow, he was on that team. Yeah, yeah I forgot about that against the Capitals. So, wow, I forgot about that. Hmm. Yeah. Uh, I just... Went on cap friendly as you were talking here, mm-hmm. and I found probably one of the worst armchair GMs I've ever seen. Hmm. Trades with Minnesota, Ottawa, Montreal, and Arizona. I'll read. I'll read these to you. So we got Gergensons for a fifth. Okay. Mm-hmm. Scandella for a third. Pushing it. Ryan Dezingle. Would you like to take a gander at what is given up for Ryan Dezingle? I'm going to assume a first-round pick is in there somewhere of some kind. A former first-round pick. A former first-round pick. Keep in mind, Ryan Dezingle, really just, he's just a guy. He's having a really good year. Expanded role in Ottawa since they're like a, pretty much a barren wasteland. Alex Nylander. Yes. Okay. What else? A second? Yes. Mm. And a sixth. You know who Ryan Dezingle. You know who I'm a huge fan of? I mean, say what you want about Nylander, but are we really going to trade him for a rental? Come on. No. Really? You know who I'm a huge fan and of, And also keep in mind, Ottawa does not make trades in the division. They were like, in the Carlson trade, they had a condition in the trade where if San Jose traded him at the deadline to an Eastern Conference team, they had to trade them another first-round pick. The Hoffman deal. They wouldn't trade him to Florida, so they had to trade. So Florida was like, hey, no. San Jose made the deal and then trade him to Florida because they wouldn't trade him, Hoffman, to Florida in the first place. Come on. Not happening. They're not getting Duchesne. They're not getting Stone or Dezingle in a trade, so stop. And they're not going to trade Nylander for a rental. No. And a second-round pick on top of it. No, it's not happening. Ryan Dezingle, man. You know you know who's a player I'm a fan of on the Sanders is J.G. Peugeot. I like him. I don't know what his – I know if they don't trade in the division, but it's unfortunate because he'll be, yeah. be a fun player to have. Uh, and it doesn't stop there. It doesn't stop there. I saw Jared Spurgeon's name. Yes. Jared Spurgeon, Jason Zucker, and Louis Valpedio. Take a guess at what is given well, up. You're going to have to give up a lot for Zucker and Spurgeon. First-round pick? couple former first-round picks. Sam Reinhart? No. Oh, okay. Uh, Close. Nylander? No. No? Wow, wow, wow. Hang on, hang on. Casey Middlestat? No. Hang on. Not Ristolainen, right? Yeah. Are you kidding me? Why would you trade Ristolainen for Jared Spurgeon? Aren't they years apart? Many years apart. 
Is no, not more? many. It's probably a couple. Oh, yeah, there's more. Are they any draft picks? There's one draft pick. A second-round pick? Yes. Okay. The Blues second-round pick. And then there's one young player involved, former first-round pick. Tate Thompson? Yes. Risto Thompson in a second for Spurgeon, Zucker, and Belpedio. That would never, ever get you those top two players. Ever. Not a million years. Really? You don't think Minnesota would say yes to that? No, I don't think so. Really? I, You're essentially swapping Thompson for a 20-goal winger in Jason Zucker and Ristolainen for, I think, Spurgeon's better than Ristolainen. Really? Yeah. No. I think so. You don't think so? No. I'd rather have Ristolainen than Spurgeon. I don't know. Spurgeon's a really good player. I'd take him on this team any day, but I'd take Ristolainen. I, just, I don't think I don't know what the Wild would get out of that. I think they're getting worse. Yeah, it's a pre- essentially a rebuilding move. Yeah, I don't think they're rebuilding though. Yeah, yeah, they're they're going to be a, there in a couple years. That's a bonkers likely, trade. But let's see if there's any comments here. Otto accepts and will even let you talk to him. Take an extension for Dzingle. Montreal accepts a third round pick. So Montreal fans think a third round pick for Scandal would be good. Montreal declined. Scandella doesn't beat up uh, Riley or Kulak for a roster spot, in my opinion. That's bad. Yeah. That Brett Kulak is considered better. And Brett Kulak, like, passed through waivers a couple times, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, Nylander, as we were talking about him a little, a little earlier, hurt. Didn't play yesterday. That's Got injured in practice by Will Borgen. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, I don't know if there's been an update yet. I don't think so. I haven't seen anything. I can we talk about the uh, playoff matchups at the moment? Oh uh, yeah, because there's ahead. some go fun ahead. matchups up there. Go ahead. We have in the Eastern Conference, the Tampa Bay Lightning would currently be facing the Columbus Blue Jackets. It's yet to see if that's going to hold though, because the Blue Jackets might be losing their two best players, arguably, at the deadline. We will see about that. The Islanders and the Canadians. That's intriguing because can you imagine the Canadians or Islanders in the second round of the playoffs being one round away from the conference final? That's an intriguing storyline. Toronto and Boston could get that rematch, but with Toronto playing hosts this year. The Canadians are only one win back, though, of facing the Maple Leafs. Really? That, that, would be a fun I, that would be amazing. And then Washington and Pittsburgh, which is another... Two of the marquee matchups up there. I don't think many people would be very captivated by the Lightning and the Blue Jackets or the Islanders and Canadians. Did you see the Islanders or no? Uh, the Nassau County executive or someone uh, is asking the NHL if the Islanders can play at Nassau Coliseum for the playoffs. Ooh! They sent a letter to that would and, be fun. Which is funny because Islanders fans are saying the county kicked them out and now they want them back all of a sudden. When yeah, because they're, they're good. All. Yeah. So, that would be fun, though. In the West, we have Calgary hosting Vancouver at the moment. The Vancouver is pretty much the team that has to be in because you need an eighth team. The Jets in the Wild, again, rematch from last year. And then the Wild will get killed once again, mm-hmm. and then they'll proceed to fire Bruce Boudreaux and got their roster. Yeah. San Jose and Vegas. San Jose takes that. And then Nashville and Dallas, which could be a fun series. Nashville will destroy them. <laughs> and yeah, that's where the playoffs stand at the moment. It we're getting there. We're you we know have fun matchups. I like it. Most teams have played fifty four games or so. And every every time I watch a game I was thinking, man, I wish this was the playoffs. Now, if Buffalo make if 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 if, mm-hmm. if Buffalo makes the playoffs, who do we want them to face? You know who I want to face? And you know this. I want to face the Lightning. I want to survive around if they make the playoffs. The thing is... Well, can you imagine if they beat the Lightning? Like, could you imagine? That would be the biggest upset probably in NHL history. Well, the next team we could beat would or face would be either the Islanders or the Capitals. They probably. could beat the Islanders. Yeah. Have we beaten them this year, actually? I don't know. I think they've only faced them once. It might have been on New Year's Eve. But 
I don't think you're beating the Capitals. You're probably not being beating the Leafs. You're probably losing to Boston. You're not beating Pittsburgh. You're not beating Pittsburgh. You're not beating Washington. The we, only teams you have a chance against are the Blue Jackets, Islanders. I Pats. sound like I have a death wish, but we always play Tampa well, I feel like. But they never win. They never win, indeed. But I think that would be a fun series. I want to see it happen. I it's wanna... amazing that they're still so close, even mm-hmm. though they've been just piss-poor terrible the past... 20 games. I want to see us challenge Goliath. I want to see You know what? Down. That would be if maybe they beat him. Maybe, but probably not. But if they do, oh my god, that would be the greatest. What do Sabres fans have to worry about? We don't have to stress really about beating Well then, them. if you beat... I'm not saying they got a chance here, but if they do then like, what do you think? Oh man, Sabre like, We got a chance for the wild. cup here if you beat Tampa. Yeah. I mean, every eighth seed team that wins rounds goes to the cup, it seems like. <laughs> but the best pathway mm-hmm. is you got to somehow make that first wild card spot. Yeah. So you don't have to face Tampa, Toronto, Boston, Montreal. Mm-hmm. You're better off going on the other side there. But are they really going to be able to make the first wild card? Probably not. It's probably Tampa or nothing. So, I don't know. I don't think they're going to make the playoffs, but. Oh, I really want to now. I really, really want to. Uh, all right, should we get into some questions here? Sure. Okay, we got about 15 minutes. Uh, D Rosati 24 asks, where can I listen to the podcast? Well, you're listening to it right now, but if you want an alternative form here, you can go to thechargingbuffalo.net. There's a podcast tab. We got the whole playlist every episode ever since all of our episodes were once deleted mm-hmm. once upon a time yeah. by a third party. By a tyrannical owner. <laughs> yes. So how many episodes? We probably got like 60 so sixty or so episodes up there if you want to go back. We need to start hyping up our archives and say, yeah. hey, go back. They're all go our back SoundCloud. Go back and listen to... Listen where this team was a year listen ago. Listen to Gouging My Eyeballs Out. Mm-hmm. That was a fun episode. Not Gouging My Eyes Out too. That was... About like 10, 15 games ago, but maybe I was out one. That was a fun one. Maybe we should reply to him on Instagram because maybe he's never listened before. I did. I did. Oh, you did? Okay, yeah. cool. Cool. Uh, J Crew twenty six asks if Reinhardt continues his pace, he's on. What will his next contract look like? And that's coming soon. So hypothetically, he got seventy points this year, eighty five next year. He's looking at. Nine ten million dollars. I don't think you can go that high. I mean, I don't think the team does that. Caps going up. Mm. Good year this year. Even better year next year. You're looking at eight nine million mm. on a long term deal. On a long term deal, I'd go seven. Well, what did Larkin get? Did Lar- Larkin got a longer term deal? Hold on. He Larkin's also their only guy though. For the most part. I don't think that matters. Dylan Larkin, cap friendly. Okay. I uh, I don't see... Because Larkin and Reinhardt are pretty fair comparables. Okay, Larkin got 6.1 on a 1, 2, 3, 4, 5-year deal. So if you're signing Reinhardt long-term, you're probably looking at 7.5 plus. It's a couple years past Larkin signing. 8, I think... Seven and a half, eight million is probably what you'd be looking for if he continues this pace this year and doesn't fall off next year. I definitely do seven. He's that's... definitely gonna get more than seven. Mm, if that's the case, then I'm going seven and a half and no higher. Really? Yeah, I can't. Do I it. think you're gonna change your mind because he's gonna prove to everyone he's not a product of Eichel, which he's not. But he's gonna prove it. In that Minnesota game. Wow, Sam Reinhart was good. Mm-hmm. He had a really good game. Mm-hmm. And a couple chances in overtime, too. He looked kind of fast in overtime. He was keeping up with Middlestat. Yeah, yeah, he yeah, he had a, a few yeah, he had the uh the pass to Middlestat that's He looked good with everyone. Was that the He looked yeah. good with everyone. Rod, Rodriguez, Middlestat. Oh, yeah, okay. Eichel. The Middlestat chance that was the weird one where Dubnik just laid on his side, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's that, and then he had another two-on-one chance where he actually took the shot, and it was saved. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, good overtime for him. Uh, Bill Roberts, 1007, asks, Will Asp- Asplin be able to fill 
a role next season, and should they target a more experienced to second line center? Asplund probably not ready next year. Probably not. Mm-hmm. He might be ready to be a call up. Mm-hmm. He's not this year, but uh, he's still needs a little more time. He looks like he's starting to pick it up in Rochester, though. Yeah, he won't have a roster spot. As far as experienced second line center goes, not right now. You're gonna have to wait until the off season for that, because mm-hmm. I'm not giving up multiple prime assets for a quick fix here. Mm-hmm. So I don't think that's happening right now. Uh, Nick's one L asks, which GM was worse, Shirelli for the Oilers or Murray for the Sabers? I think this goes without saying, yeah. uh, Shirelli for the Oilers, because mm-hmm. he just completely gutted. I mean. Did Murray trade any Taylor Halls? No. Or give up Matt Barzell basically for nothing? Shirelli's damage largely cannot be undone. And if it can be, it won't be for years. Yeah. Years and years. And say what you want, Murray. He did do some good for this team. Tanked. Michael. He tanked. He got arguably the best player on this team for many years to come. Mm-hmm. So... I mean, I admire him for that because, hey, if they hire Jason Bottrell, does he tank? Probably no, not. No. Probably not. Maybe it that's takes, why they didn't hire him. It takes a courageous man to undergo a tank and oversee it mm-hmm. command it. He's currently sitting at home collecting his Sabres checks because he signed that three-year. Ooh, was that three or five? I think it was a five-year deal. Decided to a five-year deal. So he's sitting pretty, Tim Murray. Mm-hmm. It's like basically, no, they signed him to an extent. Yeah, he never was here for that new contract. They fired him. They extended him on the opening night that year, and then they fired him, and now he's just sitting at home getting paid like he's a GM. That's the life. Really? Like, yeah. that's awesome. Mm-hmm. He's gonna be back. He's not gonna probably. He's probably not gonna be GM. But when he wants to, he's gonna come back and probably be an assistant GM or director of amateur scouting somewhere. So, I've obviously wish the best for him. Uh, but hey, he had to go. Mm-hmm. Had to go. Need change. Uh, after the wild game, what did you make of Phil's reshuffle of the lines? I was happy with it in this game. I want to see how it carries over into well, it, tonight. it seemed appropriate because mm-hmm. the top line was just not doing anything. Eichel was trying to make plays, and just the, Sherry just Sherry and Oposo just couldn't keep up with him mm-hmm. at all, which you would assume that Sherry would be able to do that, but Kyle Oposo just could not play with Eichel, and that's shocking, mm-hmm. especially... Like his track record of playing with star players, you would think that he'd at least be able to keep up with him and maybe get a couple chances, but he just wasn't doing anything on that line. You know what's another good thing about getting all the stars away from Eichel? I think Eichel might succeed if he's the one trying to generate the scoring more and less so. Because when you have Skinner and Reinhardt, you're going to be more tempted to try and set those guys up, and you're not going to use your own offensive capabilities to try and generate offense so maybe keeping Eichel on his own line with less skilled guys might mm-hmm. help him in the long run and I don't know, boost the bottom pairings as well but I don't know I'm just I'm just spitballing here yeah. but maybe I don't know it might take the less of the mental part of it off him and just let him go out there and just play offense mm-hmm. and not so much worry about setting guys up uh next question comes from TCB contributor Bill he asks how active do you think the Sabres will be at the draft as opposed to the trade deadline? So we'll tackle that one first. Uh, at the draft, it depends on who's available mm-hmm. because we don't really know like what the repercussion, re- repercussions of the season will be. Does a team like, I don't know, uh, Columbus, mm-hmm. not Columbus, I mean, Tampa Bay, they're going to be a team to watch because they're going to have to sign Braden Point. Mm-hmm. There's going to be some guys that they're probably going to have to trade, and I'm looking at Tyler Johnson, Andre Palat, Alex Kalorn. Those three guys come to mind immediately. They're probably going to have to trade one, at least two of them to be able to sign points. So we'll see, but there's going to be some guys available. The Sabres have assets. I, I think 
at the draft, if that Sharks pick is like 26, dangle that, try and get a piece that can help you now that makes sense for the future as well. Mm-hmm. But you're going to have two high-ish picks, your pick plus the Blues pick. I would assume that the Blues are going to probably be transferring that pick this year. They're, they've really turned the corner. But really don't know who's available right now, but I expect that Bottrell is going to try and do something. There's going to be another bigger deal. And what do you have to trade? Who aren't you trading? Who are your untouchables? For me? Yes. Eichel goes without saying, um, obviously. You're not trading Eichel. No. You're not trading Dalian. No. Reinhardt, you're, no. You're not trading Middlestat. You're, as far as prospects go, I'm not trading Loxanen. I'm not trading Lukanen. Yeah, I'm not going to count prospects. I feel like they never get – they're never the key piece. But, like, any other prospect besides those two are fair game, in my opinion, at least. That includes Nylander. Nylander's definitely fair game. Yeah. I wonder if they trade him. I really do. Because I don't – because Jeremy yesterday, he said that he really thinks they're shopping him. And I'm not sure if that's – Twitter source that's telling them that or not, but I wonder if they'll do a Cassian-Hodgson swap, something similar to that this year. I wonder. I don't think they should go out of their way to deal him, but if they do, whatever. Mm-hmm. Because I like the kid. I think he has been bagged on ever since he was 18 when he was put in a situation where he was not ready for the AHL. And then he had that injury last year that set him back. So, he should have gone back to junior. He should have played in Europe after that. And this should be his first year in the AHL. And everyone would be extremely excited about him. Because if this was his rookie year in the AHL, everyone would be like, oh my god, look at this kid. He's gonna be, He's got a bright future ahead of him. But because of what happened in the past two years, where he was clearly not ready to play in the American League, that's going to happen. So, The trade rumors have been blowing so hard around Nylander for so long that eventually... Well, I wouldn't say trade rumors. He hasn't been tied to anything, but just the, but the people talk. on Twitter are like, yeah, we gotta trade this guy. They've been blowing for so long, I think that the roof is going to fly off eventually. I think If you're trading him right now, what are you getting, though? Mm-hmm. A second-round pick? It has to be a one-for-one hockey deal, or in a bigger trade in the offseason for an established player, mm-hmm. like the O'Reilly trade, for example, like right. when they got O'Reilly. Like, he can be the Grigorenko. I'm not saying he's Grigorenko, but mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm thinking, because there are a couple other players in that draft class, 2016, that really haven't amounted to much yet. I think of Jesse Pugliarvi. Right. Maybe Edmonton wants to do a change there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyson Jost. Mm-hmm. I'm going to bring up that class. Yeah. Yeah. I I don't... What about Ristolainen? Would they trade him? Yeah. I think they He'd would. Trade. I don't want... I don't think it's fair or smart to trade Nylander without giving him... A chance. A good look. Yeah. And it's, I it's, think that's going to happen. They're going to bring him up. It's not year. fair that you give C.J. Smith a chance, but not Nylander. Smith was an undrafted free agent. He's pretty good. But Nylander's a guy you, you, you invested an asset into. Granted, it wasn't a Bottrell pick. But still, you got to give this guy... He has talent, obviously. There's some kind of skill there. There's guys who he... He must be better than someone on this oh, team. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. He must be. You need to... They're going to give him a chance. You need and if to, they don't... Come on. You need if to you give don't, him a chance. If they don't see him making the NHL next year, you have to move him. Mm-hmm. You have to. If he doesn't fit into your plans, even next year, you got to see what you can do there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, like, this whole misconception where the Sabres completely whiffed in this draft, I mean, if they weren't going to take Sergachev, there's really nothing else there. It's Nylander, Sergachev, Jost, who has been inconsistent in Colorado, Logan Brown, Michael McLeod, Jake Bean, and then you got Charlie McAvoy, which wasn't even on their radar, I guarantee you. Luke Cunning, Chikrin. Fabro, Logan Stanley, Kiefer Bellows, Dennis Chalowski. I mean, at pretty much every name there has yet to make an impact, and I get eighth overall pick, but the only one that, the only two there that have really done anything in the league are Sergachev and McAvoy. 
Yeah, so we, pro- we, we probably would have taken Tyson Jost, honestly. If, uh... No, it was, I remember, it was Nylander, Sergachev, Yulevi, Keller. Those were the guys. Or Brown. Brown came up a little late, but, I mean, I'm sure if they want to trade him, somebody will take a chance. Mm-hmm. It's, I'm, I wouldn't even say take a chance. He's a 20-year-old kid. Mm-hmm. He's young, really young. So, if, hey, is he untouchable? No. Should they actively seek a trade if they don't think he's going to be on the team next year? Mm-hmm. Same thing with Gooley. If Gooley, if they don't think Gooley fits into the plans next year, you got to move on. Mm-hmm. And I think, like, uh maybe trade him for a young forward that's kind of knocking on the door for an NHL spot because, hey, if you sign McCabe, if you don't trade anyone on the defense core, Gooley's not on the team. Mm-hmm. So something's got to give there. Uh, next question also comes from Bill. When do you realistically th- – when do you guys think it's realistic to see a buyout of Kyle Pozo? Hmm. After next season. I think if there is a lockout, they'll probably bring back the compliance buyouts. Mm-hmm. That's the time. You don't have to do. You don't have to buy out a poso until you think it's absolutely necessary to do it. Mm-hmm. Like everyone's like, buy out Molson, buy out Molson. Why? Yeah. You can bury. They can bury Oposo in the minors and save about a million dollars, and then whenever they're like, oh, we're gonna be close to the cap, then you buy them out mm-hmm. next year. Probably not. The year after, they might need to. But, hey, will they buy them out? Who knows? But maybe they'll wait until the possible compliance buyouts return, where if you don't know what that is, it's what they did to Billy Lane on Christian Erhoff, where you buy them out and there's no cap penalties in return. Uh, we'll do a couple more. Uh, we touched on Nylander. Uh, is it time to give up on the playoffs? They're close. That's the thing. Not when are they playing? Close. Are they playing like a playoff team? No, like not for the past twenty-five games or so. But mm-hmm. they're in it. It's not time to give up. But I mean, they we're really they really have to. I mean, we were the, pretty much the topic of the last episode yeah. a couple days ago was if you lost hope. I I don't really. They need to give me reason to believe. Right. In these next few games. And every time they win, I do start to believe. If they can, let's piece together two more now. In yeah. this stretch, and then you can't maybe, fall okay. flat on your face against Carolina tonight. You gotta right. win, right? So we'll see. Uh, Allmark or Hutton? Definitely Allmark. Mm-hmm. He's been playing better, and I think the reason his Phil Housley's reasoning for benching, not playing Allmark in Chicago, is ridiculous because he lost. Mm-hmm. The only reason it was only one nothing was because of Allmark. Mm-hmm. Come on, he had a good game against Minnesota. You gotta go back to him tonight against the Hurricanes. I'm yeah. sorry, you gotta run with the guy. Mm-hmm. Got to run with him, see what he's. He if do. it's really based on results, mm-hmm. who gave you the best result? Uh, next one comes from Nino. He asks, "If Duchesne wanted to play in Buffalo, would you? Would the St. Louis first and Nylander be enough? It'd be close, but again, Ottawa's not going to trade no. Matt Duchesne to Buffalo, and Buffalo shouldn't trade for Matt Duchesne. They should, if they want him, just sign him in the off season. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make any sense. Yeah." Uh, we'll take this last one here from Antonio. Sabres MVP so far, not named Eichel or Skinner. This is a tough one. Sam Reinhart or Rasmus Dahlin? I'm going with Dahlin. I'm going to go with Reinhart. Okay. Because I'm a Sam Reinhart guy. I've always yes, been you a are. Sam Reinhart guy. And I'm, I hope to be, like, in a couple years from now when Reinhart is a legitimate player in the NHL that people around the league talk about, I'll be like the poster child for, you know, the guy that was right. And I, I if you follow me on Twitter, you guys know. You guys know that I've oh, been yeah. banging on this drum. After every play, every assist, it's oh, pretty much every game. You are now. the king of that hill. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's a hill that I will die on, mm-hmm. and I'm not going to stop. So uh, I think that's all we got for this episode, yeah. right? We got anything to touch on? No, that's, that's it. There's a couple games left this week. I, they, yeah. They play a few. Let's see. We play both days of the weekend. Mm-hmm. They play Winnipeg on Sunday afternoon. Three games Fair. in four days we have. Yeah, let's see. Uh, Saturday's they, they play Detroit. Saturday, Detroit. 
Mm-hmm. Both evening games, Detroit Saturday at 1, Winnipeg at 3 on Sunday, and then they had the Islanders on Tuesday, and then on Friday they got the Rangers to wrap up that homestand. So it's a busy schedule leading up to the trade deadline. Let's see what they got. Uh, if they want to... It, it all depends on how they do in these games coming up, if they're going to be buyers or sellers mm-hmm. at the deadline. So we'll see how that ends up, but... We'll probably back on either Tuesday or Thursday, probably unless it's something eventful happens. We'll probably only do one episode next week. But mm-hmm. yep, this episode we did it, or yeah, this episode we recorded just to make up for lost time last week because of the polar vortex. So hope you guys appreciate that. Uh, we appreciate you guys for listening week in and week out. And if you enjoyed or didn't enjoy, let us know. Uh, yeah. On Twitter, Instagram, you can message us there. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you want to talk some Sabres hockey, you can. I'll, I'll always reply if you have a question or anything mm-hmm. or want to talk some hockey. So that's Joe TCB NHL and also LVKETCB. Yes. And also follow Charging Buffalo on Twitter and Instagram at the Charging Buff. And yeah, that's all we got for this episode. We will be back next week, hopefully talking about some more wins and maybe a trade. Let's. Let's see a nice trade. Let's see. Not a stupid reactionary rental move. Just something to talk about. Mm -hmm. So, yep. Thank you for listening, and we'll see you in the next one.